course, to the book of Revelation today as we're making the transition. Revelation. And how many would like to know a little bit about the book of Revelation? Let me just ask you this way. How many need a breakthrough today? All right. Most everybody needs a breakthrough. I'm going to tell you how you can get a breakthrough today. I'm telling you. And if you need to use the restroom, go ahead. And somebody said, uh, go ahead and do, <laughs> and then come back in here, all right? I know our time is slipping away, so I want to be conscious of the time. And I'm inviting you tonight, uh, today, rather, to turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 11, okay? Well, anybody going through any battles? I just prayed with a young man not long ago, just about 10 minutes ago, said, man, pray for me, I'm going through a battle. Anybody else going through a battle these days? Probably most of us are going through battles. I'll tell you how to key to win the battle. When we begin to thank God, God begins to set ambush against our enemy. I find that in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And you can read that about the book of, uh, and the response of Jehoshaphat. When we begin to praise the Lord. Will you listen to me? When you begin to praise the Lord and thank God, I'll tell you what else the Lord does. He prepares us for the lion's den, just like he did Daniel. Will you just go ahead and thank God today and bless the Lord because you're not for sale? Amen. What about it? When we begin to thank God, you know what God does? God begins to restrain the works of evil that are all around us. When we begin to praise the Lord, the Lord begins to release His power. Yes, when we begin to thank God for His goodness, it gives us an attitude of gratitude. And tell me today, are you going to give thanks to the Lord? Are you going to thank God? Are you going to bow before Him? Hey, speaking of bowing before Him, I heard about a man that said, uh, he said, Pastor, I've gotten a place in my life, Brother Russell, where if I drop something on the floor, I, when I reach down to pick it up, I just go ahead and look around and see if there's anything else down there that I need to get while I'm down there. I heard about one man, though, did. He said this. He bowed down. He, he was proposing to his fiancée. He got on his knee and he said, I want to ask you two things. She said, what, what? He said, number one, will you marry me? She said, yes. What's the second thing? He said, will you help me up? Will you bow down on your knees today and give thanks to God for the Lord is good? Yes, he is. I want to share with you three reasons that you ought to get down on your knees. Now, you ought to lift your hands to heaven and you ought to thank God. You know why? Because the Bible teaches, Paul said, I would that men pray everywhere. Yes, lifting up holy hands. That's in the Bible. Do you know that? Write this verse down. 1 Timothy 2.8. Lifting up holy hands without doubt, without wrath. Hey, look, y'all listen. I don't lift my hands because you're lifting your hands. I lift up my hands because the Spirit of God leads me to lift my hands. And if the Spirit of God doesn't move on you to lift your hands, you shouldn't lift your hands. But I've come to praise the Lord. We ought to be where the Spirit of the Lord is. There's liberty. I shouldn't not lift my hands just because you don't have your hands lifted. All right. Ah, yes. Three reasons you and I ought to, watch this, bow down and worship the living God. Now, can I give you a little background before we go into the book of Revelation? I feel this is needful. And... Uh, Chapter 1 of the book of Revelation, John is getting this particular message. By the way, guess who gives it to John? God the Father gives it to God the Son. God the Son gives it to an angel. An angel gives it to John. Do you know that's in the first chapter of the book of Revelation? Oh, yes. And do you know the key to outlining the whole book of Revelation is found in verse 19 of chapter 1? Write that verse down. Write the things you've seen. Write the things that are. Write the things that shall be hereafter. The things that are. The things you've seen. Namely, the glorified Christ. Watch this. John sees him, his hair as white as wool. His eyes are a flame of fire. I'm going to tell you something. 
Jesus said in the little bitty old kitty cat, brother, he's coming one day in glory and power. He's going to rule and reign as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He deserves our loyalty. He deserves our allegiance. He deserves our surrender of our heart. He is King and Lord indeed, and uh, he shall reign forever and forever. But wait a minute. Write the things that are. The seven churches, remember? Chapter 2, chapter 3. Uh, you know, Ephesus, the busy church for the backslidden church. Smyrna, the pure church for the persecuted church. By the way, only two churches, listen, only two churches did Jesus not offer a correction. There's commendation and correction to all the seven churches. However, there's two in the book of Revelation that he's not correct. You know which two they are? One, Smyrna. Two, Philadelphia. But I could uh, tell you a little more, but I've got to go through because after the church of Smyrna, the church of Thyatira, it was a warm church, but a worldly church. And then the church of uh, Pergamos, a, a fruitful church, but a feminine church. And then there's the church of Sardis, dead church, but a dutiful church. Philadelphia, phileo Delphos, brotherly love. Yes, no, com com no correction to the church of Philadelphia. It was a mission-minded church. That's what I want New Rocky Creek to be. I can't hear you today. We're going to be here at 2 o'clock, amen? I've told you if y'all talk to me, I can get through this thing a lot quicker. But if you don't talk to me, man, I'm going to labor that point until I hear from you. Now I hear you want to get on out of here. Hey, by the way, I'm not in a hurry. Won't it be wonderful in heaven? There's no clocks in heaven. No clocks, no locks, no docks, and no H&R block, amen, in heaven. Won't that be wonderful? Somebody said, we come in this world with no teeth, no hair, no bladder control. And if we live long enough, we're going to go out with no teeth, no hair, no bladder control. And everything in between is by the grace of God. But you know, I love the thought of heaven. D.L. Moody once said, somebody said, Mr. Moody, if I chew tobacco, can I go to heaven? He said, you'll have to go to hell to spit. All right. Hey, look, book of Revelation, write the things which shall be hereafter. Now, let me just bring up on the screen a quick overview of what I'm talking about today. And then we'll come back right here. You'll notice the next event on God's calendar is what we call uh, the catching away. Do you know where the word is found? 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. The word is rapio, or the Latin word harpazo. That's where we get our word rapture. It's the snatching away of the bride. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, Paul said, The Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those of us that are alive and remain shall be caught up together. There it is, caught up, caught up. Say that with me. Caught up, one more time. Caught up. That's where we get our word rapture. And by the way, I heard about two ladies were talking after church, said, what did the preacher preach on today? One lady said, he preached on the rupture of the church. She meant rapture, but she just missed it a little bit. Okay, don't make, make that mistake. Anyway, and so after the rapture of the church, what's going to take place? You know what's going to take place? The judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, let every one of us appear before the bema the judgment seat of Christ that we may receive what's done in the body, whether it be good or bad. Hey, can I clarify something? The word bad there is the word phalos, which means worthless, useless. Hey, God's given you a gift. How many know that? How many know you're saved and God's given you a gift? By the way, you and I will be held accountable for that gift once we appear at the judgment seat of Christ. Every one of us. Wow. The book of Revelation describes in chapter 4 of the book of Revelation, John says, I saw after this, the word after this, chapter 4, verse 1, is metatalta. You know what it means? After the church age. After this, metatalta. I looked, and behold, the door was open in heaven. And I heard a great voice saying, as it were a trumpet, as it were, 
That phrase, as it were, in the book of Revelation is used 52 times. You know that? It means as it will be. It's a picture of John experiencing the rapture, as it were. I heard a trumpet speaking to me. That's called apocalyptic literature. Trumpets don't talk. I wish I had time to deal with that more, but I've got to move on. But you know what God says to John? Come up hither! The way he is. And there begins the time clock of eternity future. Chapter 5, God the Father's on the throne. John says, I'm weeping. Nobody worthy to open the book and the seal thereof. Wait, John. This one, he's like the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David. He is the conquering one. He is worthy to take the book and the scroll thereof. And God the Father gets the scroll, and God the Father hands it to his son. And by the way, all this is taking place, if you're looking at this word, this chronologically speaking, after the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, then comes the tribulation described in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. He, he caused all, notice he says, and uh, seven, in, in one week, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. But that's called the tribulation, the day of Jacob's trouble. And during this time, God the Father hands the scroll, not to the devil, mind you, but to God the Son. Do you realize Jesus Christ is going to open up the scroll and all those seven seals and those seven trumpets and those seven vials or bowls described in chapter 6 through 18 is what we call the tribulation where God arises and his enemies are scattered and he pours out his wrath upon those that say no to God and those that have spurned the grace of God. Yes, there'll be people saved during the tribulation, a great multitude no man can number. But wait a minute, don't distinguish them as being the church. Rather, call them tribulation saints. There's a terminology thing here. I wish I had time. You know where we stand on the book of Revelation as to the rapture. I personally believe it's going to happen before the tribulation. The church wasn't meant to go through the tribulation. If you read your Bible, you find out the evangelization of the Jews and the overthrow of Satan's kingdom. Furthermore, the preparation for God to implement and inaugurate his kingdom. Study it. You'll be excited about it and know what it says. But then notice in Revelation chapter 6, the opening of these seals. What's the four seals? One, white horse rider. Two, red horse rider. Three, black horse rider. Four, pale. The word is chloros in the Greek. It means yellow green. And number one, the Antichrist will move on the scene. By the way, you that are studying your Bibles, Bible prophecy, know this parallels with Matthew 24. How many of you knew that? You need to get the tape and listen to it. I tell you, I would to God that people would really study the Bible in regards to prophecy. You know why? People say it doesn't have any practical application. I beg your pardon. That's why the Lord led me to write the book. Uh, today's uh, revelation calls for tomorrow's purification. And see, if we are waiting, watch this, if we're waiting for Jesus to come back again, I think it'll cause us to want to be pure. Why? Because the Lord said, my little children abide in him that when he shall appear, we shall not be ashamed before him at his coming. How many of y'all want to be faithful to the finish, amen? I want to be faithful to the finish. It's not how we start in the race. It's how we finish. This old house is not for sale. I got a feeling, though, wait a minute, I'm going to put a for sale sign on this earthly body. You know why? Because I'm going to get a new body, amen? How many know the plumbing starts leaking on this old body? I can't hear you. How many know the walls start leaning a little bit? How many know that the cracks start developing in this old body? Can I get a witness? How many know that the old wires start getting frayed? But how many know one day we'll have a glorified body? We'll see him as he is and we'll be like him as he is. I'm telling you, the best is yet to come. Jesus will come in glory and power. And thank God, 
The devil can't stop him. And Herod couldn't kill him. And the Roman soldiers couldn't do him in. But up from the grave he rose. And I'm telling you, when he came the first time, he came as a suffering servant. He, he's prophesied in the Old Testament. He would be called Emmanuel, God with us, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, and the, watch this, and the government of this world shall be upon his shoulders. I'm telling you, he's going to rule and reign. You know what blesses your pastor's heart more than anything else is to know that God is in control and to know that he is going to sit on his throne and know this, that there's coming peace and one day bountiful blessings that Hollywood calls, but yet the word of God declares Jesus Christ is not defeated. I've read the last page. I'm on the winning team. And brother and sister, you need to stop looking down and start looking up because our redemption draws nigh. Okay, so chapter 6, after the red horse rider taking peace from the earth, the black horse rider, a week for a penny and a penny for a week, what is he talking about? He's talking about, he's talking about uh, this great economic boycott that will take place during the tribulation. Let me draw your attention. If you want to jot this down, you can. Revelation 13, verse 16 through 18. He caused all, again, Revelation 13, verse 16 through 18. He caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or their forehead, that no man might buy herself, save he that hath the mark of the beast. Herein is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding understand. It's the number of a man. And the number is 603 score and 6. 666. It'll be an economic boycott when this one world government and one world religion and one world currency all move on the scene. You know what the last rider is the pale green horse? I got to hurry. Hey, look, it's one-fourth of the population will die. By the way, in Revelation 9, says one-third of the population will die. I would want my best friend to go through the tribulation lost without God, would you? Hey, look, I see you looking at the page of the Scripture. But look, hey, in chapter 7, the 144,000 Jews will be supernaturally sealed. Chapter 8, the unleashing of not the seals, but the trumpets, whereby the Lord reigns town. His catastrophic and cataclysmic events where the earth is burned up. And this, it's not going to be fun, I'll tell you. My brother used to say it this way. When we get in trouble, I say, Robert, are we in trouble? He'd say, it ain't pretty. <laughs> it ain't pretty. I want to tell you, it ain't going to be pretty when God arises. It ain't going to be pretty when God says, enough is enough. I know we serve a God of love right now. Don't forget this. He's also a God of justice. He's also a God of righteousness. He's also a God who is holy. Now, we forget that. But wait a minute. I'm so glad today we can bow down and we can give thanks to God because he's worthy. I need some help right there. Yeah, I need some help right there. Hey, look, and then the Lord will come back in glory and power. Chapter 9 of the book of Revelation. I'm getting up to chapter 11. I'm sorry, I'm taking a little time here, but I need to tell you what's going on before we launch into chapter 11. I'll try to reduce the message. Thank you, man. Who said that? Who said go ahead? Thank you, buddy. I need, Jeremy, you need to come every Sunday, amen? We had one, oh, it was you that said amen in the early service. I said, way to go, Ivy. Amen. Hey, look. Uh, where was I at? See, I was interrupting. No, I'm just kidding. Revelation 9. You know what happens? The, 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 uh, the, the enemy comes and unlocks the abyss. Out comes these demons of hordes of hell. They got hair like women. They got teeth like lion. They've got a tail like a scorpion. What are they doing? They're tormenting, tormenting the human race. How long? Five months. How many of y'all know the devil's real? How many need a breakthrough today? I'm telling you, the devil's a liar. 
Look at me. The devil's a liar. And some of us need to stop listening to the devil. Some of us need to reject the devil in the name of Jesus. The Bible says submit to God, resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Listen, if the devil doesn't get you one way and deceive you into making you think that you can go to heaven without Jesus, if you get saved by the blood of the Lamb, by the grace of God through faith, then the enemy's going to work on your testimony. He's going to work on you. He's going to try to mar you. He's going to try to get you off track. Is there any daddies, any mamas, any grandparents, any Christians, any men? Men of God and women of God that say enough is enough. Satan, you can't have my family. It's not for sale. You can't have my body. It's not for sale. You can't have my soul. It's not for sale. I'm blood-bought, blood-washed, redeemed by the blood. I'm justified by the blood. I'm sanctified by the blood. I'm reconciled to a holy God by the blood. I'm heaven-bound. I'm on my way to Zion. I've got Jesus in my heart and praise God. The best is yet to come. Listen, soldier, stand up and say hallelujah. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Go ahead and make up your mind. I'm not going to sell out to the world. I'm not going to sell out to the flesh. My life is a debtor to the one that paid a price. I could not pay a debt he did not owe. Jesus rescued me. Jesus, uh, he changed my life. Did he change your life? He changed my life, and I believe he changed your life too. Oh, he is worthy. I said he's worthy. And so, and so, and so these 200 million creatures come out, and some liken them unto the armies of the East, China, and Japan, and even North Korea. However, there's good reason to believe these are demon-like creatures. I'm telling you, this is intensifying. Listen to me. It's time to take a stand, brother. It's time to take a stand, sister. We are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and the enemy. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and give it more abundantly. And the Lord is saying, watch this, you may have lost some ground yesterday, but God is a God of a second chance. I need somebody to help me there. We serve a God of a second chance. And what the enemy means for evil, God can mean for good. Yes, I'm going through hell. Yes, I'm going through problems. Yes, I've got trials on every hand. Yes, I've got challenges. Yes, hey, there's some things I can't control, but I know in whom I have believed it, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. He's been a good God. He's a great God. He's a mighty God. There's no God like my God. He's called the Alpha and the Omega. He's called the Almighty. He's called the Bridegroom of the Church. He's called the Bread of Life. He's called the Bishop of our Soul. He's called the Creator of Heaven and Earth. He's called the Chief Cornerstone. He's called the Day Star from on high. He's called the Door of our Salvation. He's called the ensign for all nations. He's called the exceeding great reward. He's called that friend that'll stick closer than a brother. He's called the firstborn from the dead. He's called the fountain of all life. He's called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's called the healer, the helper, the hope of our salvation. He's called Emmanuel. He's called the great I am. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am, oh yes, the resurrection and the life. I am the true vine. I am the good shepherd, the good 
good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He's called Jehovah Jireh. He's called Jehovah Nisi. He's called Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace. He's called Jehovah Shammah. He's called Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. He's called Jehovah Rohi. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He's called Jehovah Titchkanu. The Lord is our righteousness. He's called the King of Glory. He's called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's called the light of the world. He's called the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He's called the mediator of the new covenant. He's called the one that's nearer to us than a brother. He's called the only begotten of the Father. He's called our Passover land. He's called the quietness of rest. He's called our rock. He's our redeemer. He is, oh yes, the son of the living God. He's the true light of the world. He's triumphant and we're triumphant in him. He's the worthy lamb. He's the word of God. He's the wisdom of God. There's no God like my God. We ought to bow before him and say, God, thank you for your goodness to me. Oh, yeah, he's worthy. In fact, if you look at the book of Genesis, you find out he's the seed of woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the toning sacrifice. In Numbers, he's the smitten rock. In Deuteronomy, he's the faithful prophet. In Joshua, he's the captain of the Lord's host. In Judges, he's the divine deliverer. In Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer. First Samuel, he's the anointed one. Second Samuel, he's the son of David. And first and second Chronicles, he's the builder of the temple. First and second Kings, he's the coming king. Ezra, he's the restorer of the temple. Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of the broken down walls in our life. Ezra, he is, oh yes, the restorer of our soul. Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of the broken down walls in our life. Esther, he's the preserver of nations. Job, he's the living redeemer. Psalm, he's the praise of Israel. Proverbs, he's the wisdom of God. Ecclesiastes, he's the great teacher. Song of Solomon, he's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. In, oh yes, Isaiah, he's the loving, he's the suffering servant. And Jeremiah, he's the maker of the new covenant. Lamentation, he's the man of sorrows. Ezekiel, he's the glory of God. Bring back your glory, Lord. Daniel, the command. Messiah, Hosea, the lover of the unfaithful, Joel, the hope of Israel, Amos, the husbandman, Obadiah, the savior, Jonah, the resurrected one, Micah, the ruler of Israel, Nahum, the avenger, Habakkuk, the holy God, Zephaniah, he's the king of Israel, Haggai, he's the desire of nations, Zechariah, he's the righteous branch, Malachi, he rises with healing in his wings. Over there in Matthew, he's the king of the Jews. Mark, he's the servant of the Lord. Luke, he's the son of man. John, he's the son of God. Acts, he's the ascended Lord. Romans, he's the believer's righteousness. First Corinthians, he's our sanctification. Second Corinthians, he's our sufficiency. Galatians, he's our liberty. Ephesians, he's exalted head of the church. And Philippians, he's the Christian's joy. Colossians, the fullness of deity. First Thessalonians, he's the believer's comfort. Second Thessalonians, he's the believer's glory. First Timothy, he's the Christian preserver. Second Timothy, he's the Christian rewarder. Titus, he's that blessed hope. Philemon, he's our substitute. Hebrews, he's our great high priest. James, he's the giver of wisdom. First Peter, he's the solid rock. Second Peter, he's the precious promise. First and second and third John, he's the way, the truth, the life. Jude, he's our advocate that's able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. But in Revelation, he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. There's no God like our God. He deserves our loyalty and our allegiance. Will you bow before him today? Will you do it? 
chapter 11, the book of Revelation, the Lord says there's several reasons. Hey, look, hey, look, I just felt led of the Lord to, 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 to share with you a couple of things today. I'm going to go through this as quickly as I can. Notice, notice, and, and three reasons. I'm going to go through as quickly as I can. My time's gone. The three reasons why we ought to bow down, worship the Lord. Here they are. Number one, because of his sovereignty. Revelation 11. Number two, because of his glory. Number three, because of our testimony. Now listen, if y'all need to get the tape to listen to it in entirety, I'll go ahead and do it. But turn there to Revelation chapter number 11. Look there real quick and I'll be done just a few moments. If you can hang with me just for a moment. Revelation chapter 11. Many of you should be there by now. Amen. If you're not there by now, come to Sunday school. Praise the Lord. Chapter 11, a book of Revelation chapter 11. Notice verse 11. Chapter 15. This is the middle of the tribulation. The reason I showed you that that chart here earlier, why should we bow down and say not for sale? Because what? Number one, because of his sovereignty. How many believe God's still in control no matter what you're facing today? And then number two, because of his glory. We find that Revelation 11, 15, Revelation 11, 16, 17. And then will you bow down and give thanks to God, not only because of his sovereignty, but also his glory. And then finally, because of your testimony. Look at chapter, seven, chapter 11. Stand, would you please? I'm going to try to make this as brief as possible. Thank you for your kind attention. Revelation chapter 11. I begin reading in verse number 15. I shared with you all the background leading up to chapter 11. And let's break right into the text. Can we? Chapter 11, verse 15. If you're there, say amen. And the seventh angel sounded, and there was great voices in heaven. I believe that to be the church. Remember, the church is raptured before the tribulation. If you take the preacher view, which I do think the scripture indicates is the best view. Anyway, uh, the voices in heaven, and the, notice what they were saying, the kingdoms, plural, of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. He shall reign forever and forever. Hallelujah. Verse 16, and the four and the twenty elders, which I believe to be the representative of the ecclesia, the called out, ek as in out, lasia as in symbol ones, the church, some even refer to the Old Testament patriarchs as in, included into this four and twenty elders. Regardless, it's going to be glory. Notice, they sat before God. Look at verse 16 again. And the four and the twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell on their faces and worshiped God. That's what we're going to do when we get to heaven. Saying, we give thee thanks. Here's where God led me this week to this text right here because of this. We give thee thanks. O Lord God Almighty, which art and which was and which are to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and his reign. This is the word of the Lord. Bless to our hearts today. Help us to yield afresh to you. I pray, dear God, that you'll get glory, cleansing of my own heart, and that when we leave, we'll be different than when we came in. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. You may be seated. Here's where we're going real quick in the text. Number one, why should you give thanks to God? Because the kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Hey, it looks like God's not in control today. Look what's going on in our world. Look at all that's going on with the quid pro quo. Y'all heard that term? Quid pro quo, the impeachment of our president. You say, well, God, if you're in control, why would it, this, and I'm not saying uh, President Trump's is uh, flawless, but I'm saying this, he stands for Christian causes, amen? Y'all aren't wanting to help me. You say, but brother, you're getting too political. Let me remind you, political leads to prophetical. How many know that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord? I said, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turns it with us whatever way he will. How many know that Revelation 7, that's, that's Proverbs 21.1. Revelation 17.17 17 says this, God put it in the hearts of kings to fulfill his will. How many believe that everything's going according to God's plan? 
God's in control. I know there's suffering. I know there's pain. I talked with a man just this week. Talked with him 33 years old. He said, Pastor, I can't believe that God's in control. All this bad stuff happening. I prayed for my brother's mom and she died. And I see all this suffering. I see all this killing. I see innocent people dying. I'm rejecting my Christianity. That's what he told me. I'll be honest with you. I talked with him for two hours. You know what he said? I believe Hinduism and uh, reincarnation and Buddhism and Confucianism. I said, hey, man, last time I read, uh, Hare Krishna didn't rise from the grave. Buddha didn't rise from the grave. Muhammad didn't rise from the grave. But I know somebody that did. I know somebody that did. I told you I went to Israel. I looked down in the grave. You know what I found? Nothing. He wasn't there. <laughs> oh, destroy this temple three days. I'll raise it up again. That's what he said. Christianity is the only religion in the world that serves a living God. Hello? I know that my Redeemer liveth. He shall stand on the earth in the latter day. And after my worm, my skin worms destroy this body, yet shall my flesh see God. The kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. He shall reign forever and forever. I'm skipping over some stuff. You get the tape for earlier. What are you doing about it? I'm not promoting this or trying to boast or brag. I need your prayers. The Lord just had me to write a book. I need your prayers about it. It's in the printing right now as we speak. Hopefully get a copy next week. On the subject, church now, kingdom later. God put it on my heart to do something about what we're going through right now. It's in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. They're doing the publishing now. It'll come out, like I said, in a week or so. I pray God will use it for his glory. What are you doing these days? What are you doing these days? What are you doing? Why should we give God glory? Why should we say, Lord, I'm not for sale? You know what? I got to thinking about it, Brother Noah. Think about it. If God never did anything else for you right now, we are all debtors to give God glory throughout eternity. Hey, look at me. Jesus was the Son of God. He only lived about 33 years, hello. And he was crucified on the cross. What makes you think you and I will have any better? I can't hear you. We've got a distorted view of Christianity. We think God's some Santa Claus. Give me all these gifts. And if you don't give me, you can tell I've got practice doing this. I'm going to pout, and I'm going to suck my thumb. Look at me. Grow up. Get out of the baby nursery Christians and get in the big pool with God. Stop whining. Stop complaining. Stop bickering. Stop being a critical Pharisee and start bowing before the Lord and saying, God, I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. And Lord, whether anybody else gets right with God, I want to get right with God today because our nation's in a mess. Our community's in a mess. Most of our schools are in a mess. And our homes are in a mess. We need God in America again. But it's, I, I'm sorry, I love you, you know I love you. It's not going to happen with backslidden Christians. It's going to take God's people, if my people, and that was to Israel, Second Chronicles 7, 14, if my people to call by name, my people call by name, should do what? Get their heads together and just, uh, just decide what they're going to do? Uh-uh. If my people are called by my name, should what? Humble themselves and just get busy? Humble themselves and pray. But don't leave there and seek my face. Not just my hand of blessing, but my face. When's the last time you got on your knees? Was it today? Has it been last week? When did you yield your heart and say, God, I'm not for sale. You bought me with your own blood. And Lord, I, I need you. And I don't want to thank you, not only for your blessings, but just because of who you are. Y'all missed that. I said, thank God because who he is. 
Oh, but I can't thank him unless he does something for me. Just thank him for who he is. He's the one who is and was and is to come. Oh, yes, the earth is full of the glory of God. And the, uh, and the firmament showeth his hand to work. Hey, look, will you bow down and give thanks to God because of his sovereignty? He's in control. What are you doing about it? Number two, will you give God glory because of his glory? Will you give God thanks today? If you'll notice in the text, you can read that again, verse 16. In fact, I'll bring it on the screen in case you didn't bring your Bible. Saying, we give thanks. There it is. We give thanks. Are you going to give thanks today? Y'all listen, I'm not being critical, Brother Noah. Please don't understand, misunderstand me. Noah and I are on the same page. We talk, we pray. But you know what, brother? Let me say this, okay? And I'm not all I should be. I said I'm not all I should be, amen? I'm not all there either. I need your prayers, and I'm trying to get one day at a time, sweet Jesus, and all the worries and cares of this life. But you know what I'm seeing today in many churches having the privilege of traveling? I know y'all see the same thing. Maybe you don't get to stay there to see the end result. But I'm seeing a lot of people, or some people come to church and just want emotional feeling. And then when they leave, they're not changed. There's no repentance. There's no change of heart. It's just, oh, I felt goosebumps. Or, oh, I, well, bless God, I like goosebumps too, hello. But I like more when God says, not I, but Christ lives in me. I like more when the old ugly flesh, I don't like to do this. But Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you've got to do what? Deny yourself. Take up a cross daily. And, and, and that's missing today. Uh, it's a mile long, but a half inch deep. I'm convinced, listen, just my opinion. You may disagree, that's fine. I love you anyway. You know why many of God's people are stumbling with bad habits and sin and so forth? And there I go, yet by the grace of God, it's because we're not bound before God. We're not getting and acknowledging Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I'm going to tell you, one day we're going to bow down. Might as well do it now. Amen. In the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Will you surrender today? Stop running your life. Listen, I love you. You've made a mess of your life. And deep down inside, there's no peace. Deep down inside, there's no joy. Deep down inside, there's anxiety and there's control and there's all this stuff. And thank God we can come and say, Jesus set me free. For whom the Son set free is free indeed. He's able to break the bonds of the enemy. He's able to undo generational sins. He's able to tear down strongholds. I need somebody to help me there. He's able to loose us from the grip of the enemy and all the deception and all the lies and all the uh, things going on in our world. We need God to open our eyes and renew our strength. Is there anybody here that's tired and weary? Is there anybody here that's depressed? Is there anybody here that's discouraged? Is there anybody here that's feeling stressed out? Will you let go and let God have his way? Will you say, Jesus, I can't be in control. I've made a mess of things. I need you to take the throne of my heart. Well, come on, I've got to finish now because uh, we give God the glory and praise. I've already gone to the fact that Christ will come again in his second coming. Don't mistake that for the rapture. He's coming again in the second coming. And here is the wonderful depiction of him coming again. Number three, will you bow down and give thanks to God because of your testimony? Look at chapter 11, verse 7. Notice what it says. Your testimony. Notice here, the word is martyrion. The, the word in the left, chapter 11, verse 7, it means a martyr. These two, and the, listen, I'm about to be through. These two, when they have finished their testimony, there it is, martyrius. The beast ascended out of the bottom of his pit and shall make war against them and overcome them and kill them. What's happened? How can we build a good testimony? Y'all writing these down? Number one, by witnessing, chapter 11, verse 3, by warring. 
these two witnesses who many believe to be Elijah or Enoch, some say Moses and Elijah. It doesn't matter. The point is they're written in the Word of God by witnessing, by warring, by working, and not by worrying. Hey, they're going to be martyred and killed, but by winning. You know what happens? These two witnesses. These two witnesses. You know what's going to happen? Wouldn't you love when you go out of here, fire come out of your mouth when you speak to somebody? That's what happens in these witnesses. Read it. I'm not going to take time because our time's gone. You just open your mouth and fire <laughs> comes out of your mouth. The two witnesses. Don't you know there's a world out there that, that, that needs to hear about the good news? But don't you know there's a world out there that hates the good news? I can't hear you. There's a hostile world out there and the enemy has come to kill, sin and destroy, as I said. But wait a minute. These witnesses, you know what they do? I'll tell you what they do. They're left on the earth for a predetermined time. But you know what happens? They're going to be killed. And the body's going to lay in the street. You can read it. It's all there in Revelation chapter 11. They're going to, they're going to have the power to shut up the rain. They're going to have power uh, to do many wonderful things. But the beast is going to send out of the bottomless pit and make war of them. He's going to overcome them and kill them. You know how long their body's going to lay in the streets? Their body's going to lay for three and a half days. But wait a minute. It ain't over till it's over. I said it ain't over till it's over. And you know what God's going to do? God's going to raise them up. Here it is, Revelation 11, 8. We're talking about bowing down before God because of his sovereignty. We're talking about bowing down because of his glory. Bowing down because of your testimony. Notice, they're in the streets. You know what's going to happen? God's going to say, come up hither. And praise the Lord, they'll be resurrected from the, from the dead. So today, here's my conclusion. Will your heart bow down and give thanks to God? You say, but I do that all the time. Look, if you're not going to bow down in the church, more than likely you're not going to bow down outside the church. And if you're not going to give God glory in the church, more than likely you're not going to praise the Lord and give thanks outside the church. So, maybe today for the first time you need to say, Lord, I want to give you thanks. Come, let us worship and bow down. Kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. Let's stand to our feet, Camera, today.